This is your opportunity to let the Lord love on you oh, and you love wants, on him. Oh, how he wants me. Can you worship with us real quick? Oh, how he talks me. Can you make it to your feet this morning and lift up your hands and worship with us? Oh, how he tells the Holy Spirit wants to love on you this morning. God knows your name. He knows your pain. He knows what you've been through. Oh, he, he, he walks with you every step of the way. Oh, how he talks to you. Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. He's soothing your heart. Oh, how he tells me. That you are his own. <laughs> I am his own. Open your hands if you're going to receive something this morning. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just continue to minister to our hearts. God, many of us are hurting. We are sad. We are grieving. We are mad. Father God, at the tragedy that has befallen our nation, Father God, we are grieving for the, the grieving parents this morning. We're grieving for the students. We're grieving for the teachers. We're grieving, Father God, for all of those who lost loved ones. Father, we pray this morning that, God, you would speak to our spirits and our hearts and encourage us this morning to let us know, Father God, that life is worth the living just because you live. So, Father, this morning on Memorial Day weekend, we remember the fallen. We remember uh, the lost loved ones, Father God, that all of us have lost parents and children and, and relatives, Father God. In the name of Jesus, God, soothe our hearts this morning, God. Walk with us and talk with us and God, remind us that we are your own. God, I thank you this morning that there are miracles standing up in the sanctuary. If we're able to stand up and lift up our hands, that's a miracle. If we're able to breathe this morning and hear the words that are coming out of this microphone, we are blessed this morning. And God, we give you glory this morning. We give you honor. We give you praise just for waking us up, just for being God and God all by yourself. God, hide me behind Congress Cross that somebody might see Jesus. I am the clay. You're the potter. Take me, make me, mold me, shape me, use me, fill me with your Holy Spirit. God, speak, Lord, for your servants are listening, God. Have your way on today, God, so that we can be better than what we came in here, God. We might have came in one way, but God, we decree and declare we're leaving another way. We love you, Father. We thank you, Father. And it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Hallelujah and amen. New Direction Christian Church, give God the best praise you've given him all week. Come on, open up your mouth and give God an audible praise this morning. Hallelujah. Look at somebody beside you and tell them, I'm glad God kept you this week. Type in the comments, I'm glad God kept you this week. He kept me this week. He kept me, hallelujah, from danger seen and unseen. Anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord? Clap your hands if you love Jesus. Listen, I have a very important life-changing word this morning that I need to get out to as many people as possible so can y'all help me uh, those of you in the sanctuary those of you online can you do me a favor uh, right there online where you're uh, if you pull up your Facebook on your phone you got permission real quick to open up your smartphone your device and right there on the New Direction Christian Church Facebook page you see a share option under the broadcast would you share this morning this is important this is vital this is this is a life-changing word um, oftentimes, God gives me messages where I have to deviate from what I had planned and talk about what he, he needs to say. And there's something that God, I think, needs to say. This word is for the nation. This word is for the world. And so can you help me share it this morning? Go to the New Direction Christian Church Facebook page and share it to the people in your messenger. 
share to the people all the groups you belong to on Facebook and share it on your most important share it on your page amen if this broadcast this ministry means anything for you would you share it on your page right now somebody needs to hear this and tell them my pastor's preaching about how we protect our children from gun violence so please I see some online viewers this morning let's give it up for our online uh, family this morning Evelyn Jurdis is online Bernice Brandon Cantonese Hall, Jamethia Fleming, Herman Bird, Kia Parson. Thank y'all all for being on this morning. Share this word this morning. Can we give God another hand clap of praise just for being God? So good to see all of you out on this Memorial Day weekend. You could have been anywhere else, but you got up and came to church this morning. And what a wonderful way to remember those who've gone on to glory. Uh, but to be in the house of the Lord together, it is so good to see you. I want to look at Matthew chapter 18. Stand up on your feet one more time. Grab your Bibles. Stand up with me. Grab your, your Bibles. If it's on your phone, use that. But lift up your Bible, your device, and say, this is my Bible. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. When my Bible is open, God speaks to me. When it's shut, I can't hear from heaven. But today, I'm open. I'm ready. I'm eager. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to look at the gospel according to Matthew. As we round out this series on Do It for the Culture, I want to look at Matthew chapter 18 verses 1 through 11, in lieu of all that's happened this past week in Texas, previous, previously in Buffalo, New York, I want to read from Matthew 18, 1 through 11. New Living Translation reads this way, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? <clears throat> then Jesus called a little child to him. He beckoned the child, come here, come here, son. He said, this child in the midst of them and he said assuredly I say to you unless you are converted and become as little children you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven therefore whoever humbles themselves as this little child is the greatest somebody say the greatest whoever humbles themselves as a child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven and whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin it would be better for them if a millstone would hung around their neck and they were drowned in the depth of the sea woe to the world because of offenses for offenses must come look at somebody beside you and say you gonna be offended at some point in your life. But woe to that man or woman by whom causes the offenses to come. If your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. It is better for you to enter to the life lame and maimed rather than having two hands or two feet and to be cast into everlasting fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. It is better for you to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes and go to hell. Take heed.
that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. They asked Jesus, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus said, come here, little baby. And the child came and he sat amongst them and he said, unless you become like this little child and are converted, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. So what I want to tell y'all today is do it for the children. Look at your neighbor on your way to your seat say, do it for the children. Type in the comment section, do it for the children. A gunman killed... 20 people at a school this past week in Texas in a little rural town. The children are anticipating that this is their last week of school. They're planning what they're going to do for the summer. One little girl is excited about a birthday party, a swim party she's going to have, only to be interrupted by a lunatic gunman, 18 years old, who comes in with an assault rifle and begins attacking and shooting children in their face. It was so horrific that they had to take DNA samples just to identify who the children were. It's, it's insane that we in America cannot send our children to school without fear that our babies will be shot down like animals. Those parents that day sent their kids to school thinking that school was about to be over, not thinking their child's life would be over. We live in a time and a place where it is time out for us to be silent about the lunacy of the lack of gun reform in America. How many more children have to die before we wake the heck up? This is, this is insane. In his brief address from the White House on Tuesday, President Biden grew emotional as he reflected on the attack and called for action but did not advocate for a particular policy or vote. He says, it's sick. It's sick. Where in God's name is our backbone? The courage to do more and to stand up to these lobbyists. It's time to turn this pain into action. Mr. Biden later added, may the Lord be near to the brokenhearted and save those crushed in spirit because they're going to need a lot. The shooting took place on election day in Texas as voters across the state headed to the polls for primary runoff that would set the stage for the November election at a time when the state and the nation have been divided by political disagreements over race, immigration, and abortion. Y'all, it's amazing to me that we can expend so much energy talking about abortion, but when black and brown babies are born, we don't have the same energy to keep them safe. It is lunacy to, to, that, that we do not protect the lives of innocent children. It took the police officers 40 minutes before they moved into the school. Parents were begging the police officers to please go into school as they heard the bullets killing their children, and they did nothing. But worse than the silence of the police officers outside that school is our silence when we see kids being shot down, eat our dinner, and act like we didn't see anything. How many more children have to die on our watch before we actually care?
it's amazing that we see children dying and don't do anything. Watch this. Even before COVID-19, another epidemic was killing our children at higher rates, and that's gun violence. Gun violence was the leading cause of death for all children and teenagers, 1 through 19 in 2018, surpassing motor vehicle accidents for the first time in history. Children and teens are far more likely to die from gunfire than COVID-19. Yet our leaders continue to allow gun violence to go uncurbed and gun laws to go unchanged. After years of congressional inaction, a growing number of children are paying with their lives. In 2019, 3,371 American children and teens were killed with guns, enough to fill more than 168 classrooms of 20. Children and teen gun deaths hit a 19-year high in 2017 and have remained elevated since. In 2019, nine children and teenagers were killed with guns each day in America, one every two hours and 36 minutes. One in every two hours and 36 minutes. Guns kill more children and teens than cancer, pneumonia, influenza, asthma, HIV, AIDS, and opioids combined. While mass shootings grab fleeting public and policymaker attention, routine gunfire took the lives of more children and teenagers every week than the Parkland, Sandy Hook, and Columbine massacres combined. Since 1963, nearly 193,000 children and teenagers have been killed with guns on American soil more than four times the number of U.S. soldiers killed in Vietnam, Persian Gulf, Afghanistan, and Iraq combined. Shamefully, gun deaths reflect only part of the devastating toll of America's growing gun violence epidemic. Many more children and teens are injured than killed with guns each day in our nation. For every child a teenager fatally shot, another five suffered non-fatal gunshot wounds. An estimated 16,644 children and teens were injured with guns in 2018. One every 32 minutes. Gun violence affects all children, but children of color, boys and girls, and older youth are at greater risk. Black children and teenagers had the highest gun death rate in 2019, followed by American Indian, Alaska Native children, and teens. Although black children and teens make up only 14% of all children and teens in 2019, they accounted for 43% of child and teen gun deaths. Black children and teens were four times more likely to be killed with guns than their white peers. 86% of children and teens who died from gunfire in 2019 were boys. Boys were six times more likely than girls to die in, in gun homicides. Black boys were 18 times more likely to be killed in gun homicides than white boys. 85% of child and teen gun deaths occurred among 15 to 19 year olds, but infants and toddlers were far from immune. Guns kill more preschoolers. Guns kill more preschoolers. Gun kills, guns killed more preschoolers than law enforcement officers in the line of duty. In 2019, 86 children under five were killed with guns compared with 51 law enforcement officers in the line of duty. Is this microphone working? Our children are dying in record numbers 
and we're still doing the same stuff, nothing. And the people you elected and the people you pay would rather get their pockets padded from the NRA than to give a, oh, yeah, yeah. And we keep electing the same fools over and over. And, and I'm really mad because right here in Memphis and Shelby County, we are 62% of the population and we act like we're 6%. You've got people that don't care about your children, don't care about black and brown babies, and yet you just keep on allowing them to get elected. Can I talk about what I'm talking about? No child is safe in a nation with easy access to deadly weapons. Even before the pandemic drove up fear in gun sales, there were too many firearms in our homes and streets, and a shocking number were sold without background checks. In our present culture, it doesn't seem that we value our children, especially children of color. In Shelby County, we have a district attorney that has locked up more black children than any other DA in the whole state of Tennessee. A group of advocates has asked the Shelby County Commission to approve an independent racial equity audit of the Shelby County District Attorney General's office after, watch this, after a black woman was sentenced to six years in prison after being convicted on charges of illegally registering to vote. That's in Shelby County. Six years in prison? For illegally registering to vote? The county commission should ensure that as the county's top law enforcement official, Amy Weirich's policies and practices are properly directed at reducing the most serious crimes and not further victimizing black people and perpetuating systemic racial discrimination, the group wrote in their letter which was sent to the commissioners. Watch this, y'all. In 2018, a scathing federal monitor, somebody from the White House came to Memphis, came to Shelby County, and investigated the juvenile court system, and they described Weirich's tactics as unconstitutional and toxic combination for African-American youth. As, the, as this commission has recognized in asking for renewed federal oversight, racial disparities in youth prosecutions have persisted and in fact worsened since then. Today, far beyond Memphis, there's a growing recognition that the problems underlying crime are systemic and that America's criminal justice system has been a devastating failure for kids, especially kids of color. During this election cycle, we need to be asking the candidates, what are you going to do to protect our children? Gone are the days of shaking hands and making empty promises. What are you going to do for our children? We put so much emphasis on building prisons, but not enough emphasis on building schools. What are you going to do for our children? What are you going to do to keep our community safe so our kids can go outside and play and not be hit by stray bullets? What are you going to do to protect our children? How come we don't have resource officers? Where was the resource officer in Robb Elementary? How come y'all got on all in cowboy hats and sitting around flodging and won't go into the school when you hear the gunshot. Why are you going to keep our kids safe? Just let me go on and preach. I, I'm making you uncomfortable. I'm sorry. Uh, watch this. The problem with us is that we're asking the wrong questions. 
Pastor, can you preach Bible? Sure, let's go to the Bible. In Matthew, we see Jesus talking to his disciples, and they got a question. They've been walking with Jesus for three years, and they got a question. They've seen him heal the sick and raise the dead. They got a question. They've heard him teach on transformative values, like if somebody tries to slap you, turn the other cheek. If somebody asks you to carry a backpack for a mile, you say, I'll carry it two miles. He, he says, pray for those who despitefully use you. Oh, God, help me in here. He says, forgive those who have wronged you. He's got a transformative narrative, and, and he's got a transformative kingdom, but they have a question. What's the question? They say, Jesus, who is the greatest in the kingdom? Who, who going to be the greatest? And see, what happened was, even though they had walked with Jesus and been disciples of Christ, they were still tainted by the culture that they lived in. They had they'd been co-opted by the culture that they grew up in, and they saw the Roman soldiers forcing people to do things and saw people being elected into office and saw how even the religious leaders had been co-opted through bribery, and they wanted to know who's going to be the greatest when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus, without saying it, said to them, you're asking the wrong question because many of us in church are also asking the wrong question. We are asking the wrong question because somehow we have gotten mixed up in our mind that greatness is equivocated with titles and position. We, 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 we are so hungry and thirsty for power and prestige that our lust for power has, has, has overwritten the priority of people. We, we are supposed, if you're elected, you're supposed to serve the people. And Jesus' whole thing he modeled for his disciples was that the greatest among you shall be your servant. But because they were co-opted by their present culture, they thought that being important meant having a title. And it carries over into church because we argue over who going to get the microphone. How come he didn't call my name from the pulpit? We're asking the wrong question. How much you going to pay me, pastor, to help you? It's amazing to me, you know, in, in some of our, our, our European brothers and sisters' churches, the majority of their church stuff that they do for the community are led by volunteers. When it comes to us, when it's time to help, the first question that comes out of folks' mouth is, how much is it paying? We're asking the wrong questions. Jesus, disciples ask, he says, he, said, he says to a child, come here. And, he, and, and a child comes and he sets the child in front of the people. He says, if you want to know who's the greatest in the kingdom. He says, the greatest in the kingdom of God is a child like this. Now what's crazy is Jesus selects somebody who is the lowest on the totem pole of priority according to culture. Because women and children had no agency in the culture of Jesus' day. They were the lowest on the totem pole. As a matter of fact, let me prove it to you. How many people did Jesus feed when he multiplied the fish and the loaves? Come on, talk to me. How many people did Jesus feed when he fed, fed them with fish and loaves? Raise your hand if you said 5,000. Raise your hand. It was more than that. You want to know why? Because they only counted the men. Those men were married, most of them. They had children. As a matter of fact, oh my God, Holy Spirit, thank you. Who brought Jesus the bread and the fish? A child! 
There would be no, oh my God, there would be no miracle that day if a baby boy didn't bring his lunch. We won't have a future if we don't protect the babies. The babies are the ones that make the miracle happen. Man, I'm preaching, y'all ain't saying nothing. Do you know what's inside your child? Your child has the recipe to break curses. Your child has a solution to end racism. Your child has a recipe for equity. But if they can't live long enough to see it, we're asking the wrong questions. Republican or Democrat, we're asking the wrong questions. Abortion or pro-life, we're asking the wrong question. Who is going to protect the children? He says, unless you become like a child. What's that mean? He says, unless you're converted and become like a child. Humility. Somebody say humility. First of all, who called the little boy to come here? When Jesus said, come here, what did he do? Jesus said, you got to become like him because I called some of y'all and y'all didn't answer. I told you I wanted you in ministry and you went the other way. I asked you to come to church and you stayed at home. I asked you to sign up for ministry and you refused. I asked you to get in a connect group. You made excuses as to why you didn't need to. This child came and everybody I've, I've been preaching to for the last three years, a lot of them have not responded. I told him to come here and he immediately came here. Because watch this, uh, the sheep will not hearken to the voice of a stranger. And many of y'all say he's your shepherd, but you act like goats, not sheep. Come on, survey your mind real quick. What is it that Jesus has called you to do recently and you ignored his call? Because watch this, the older you get, the more arrogant you get, and the less you hearken to his voice. When you're a baby, you come when your parent calls. I, talk to me real quick, parents. Talk to me old school people. When your mama called you by your full name and told you to come here, did you hesitate? No. But some of y'all, when you start smelling yourself, had the audacity when she called your name to say, what? What? Huh? And that's where some of you are spiritually. You are spiritual teenagers smelling yourself, and God called you, and you said, what? Somebody say, come here. Jesus wants you. Jesus wants you to, to serve. Jesus wants you to help. Jesus wants you to evangelize. Jesus wants you in children's ministry. Jesus wants you in youth ministry. Jesus wants you to tithe. Jesus wants you to help. Jesus wants you to give. 
Jesus wants you to give your time, talent, and talent and treasure. But you said, what? Watch this. Can I give you number two? Because I'm making y'all mad. You got to create a better culture for our children, and that requires a conversion of your nature. Let me say it another way. We need to create a better culture for our children, which requires a conversion of your character. Jesus says, unless you become like this child and are converted, you cannot enter the kingdom. Look at somebody and say, you must be converted. What does that mean? I'm glad you asked that question. I look up the word in Webster's and it says that something is altered so that it can finally fit its purpose, a new purpose. And many of us have not begun to walk in our purpose because you haven't been converted. You've been co-opted by the culture of this world. And Jesus says, in order to enter the kingdom, I need to, I need to exchange the, the, the cultural values that you've been indoctrinated with, with kingdom culture. Watch this, y'all. Somebody has switched the price tags. Uh, there's a story that Tony Campolo told years ago, and he said that he went into the store to go shopping, and uh, he saw a very nice shirt um, that was uh, extremely low, and low, it was marked low, and it was no sale, it was just extremely low. Uh, then he saw another shirt that was not as attractive, and it was uh, extremely high, and he took both shirts and he asked the clerk, he said, what's going on with these shirts? I like this shirt, but am I reading this right? She said, oh, I'm glad you said that, sir. Somebody obviously has switched the price tags because that shirt that you're holding has more value even though it has been marked down. And the shirt that is not of such great quality has been marked up. Somebody switched the tags. We value in America stuff that God doesn't. We value materialistic things, cars and clothes and jewelry and, and, and prestige. And God could care less what you got on. He cares more about what you got in. We, 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 we've, we value things that don't have anything to do with success. We value stuff like how many followers you got. So we will go and take off clothes to build up followers on TikTok when the time is ticking on your salvation. Somebody has switched the price tags and in order for us to see the kingdom, we must be converted, we must be changed from the inside out. Jesus says you must become like a child. A child is innocent, a child is resilient, a child has imagination, a child is creative, but somewhere along the way, our childhood has been interrupted. Am I talking to anybody in here? Is this microphone working? I said, I'm talking to some people in here this morning. Your childhood was interrupted. And that leads me to my third point. We got to remove stumbling blocks so our children won't fall. Jesus says, watch this. He says, he says, offenses are going to come. People going to hurt your feelings. People going to do stuff that, that, that hurt you. And, and, and he says, it's bound to happen because we are all humans who are flawed. He says, but woe unto the one who causes one of these little ones to stumble. He says, it would be better had you not been born. It would be better if a millstone, y'all know what a millstone is? 
A millstone is a big old round stone that was used to crush grain. He said, it'd be better if they tied one of them around your neck and threw you into the Mississippi River rather than you mess with one of my babies. Can I talk to y'all real quick? How many of y'all have been children interrupted? Y'all ain't going to raise your hand. It's okay. Somebody molested you and stole your innocence. Your child interrupted. I talked to a member. I'm not going to call her name, but she came up to me after 830 service. She said, Pastor, thank you for that word that you gave me today. She said, the Mother's Day when you preached, it was the hardest Sunday for me to, to hear you preach because the more you talked about how good your mama was for you, reminded me of how bad my mama was to me. She said, my mama raped me when I was four. How many children have been interrupted? I told this story before. It's not my shame anymore. It's my testimony that I was molested when I was six years old by an older female cousin. My uncles came in, thought they were doing me a favor, handing me porn magazines when I was 12, saying, you're a man now. And all of those things caused me to stumble, not having a daddy in the house, caused me to stumble. And, and, and somebody said the other day to me, they, they acknowledged how, how, how much my young men, that Rhonda and I have raised, how noble they are. And how they respect women. And my boys, they, they love heart. And they, they, they are faithful, right? And, and my, my friend said to me, he said, Stacy, your sons are going to be better than you were. And I said, I know. I did it on purpose. Yeah. Because I didn't have... A, a model to, to look at. I wanted to make sure these boys had a model and even when Ron and I disagreed, we made sure we didn't disagree in front of them. And so the only picture they saw was a husband and wife loving and respecting each other and that's the picture in their head and they can do better because watch this, I removed the stumbling block. Parents, you have to remove the stumbling block so your children are not interrupted. What do you mean, Pastor? You got to make sure your, your home is safe and free from stumbling blocks. Remove pornographic material out of the reach of your child. That even includes, watch this, putting parental controls on your television set. It means locking up your guns and making sure they are put up somewhere where your children can't get them. It means don't be parading men in and out of your house calling them uncles. Men, it means honoring your wives, the mother of your children, so that your young men can have a blueprint for how they're supposed to treat a woman. Remove this. Somebody type in the comments, remove the stumbling blocks. Look at your neighbor and say, remove the stumbling blocks. We got to make sure that we prepare a safe place for our children. New Direction Christian Church should be a safe place for our children. Right next door is our children's building, right? And that children's building has served as an incubator for greatness. We started a school 
with one grade, sixth grade class back in 2007. Now that school boasts 5,000 scholars and has five locations all across Memphis because we created a safe space. Y'all ain't talking to me over here. We got Agape Family Ministries who takes up residence next door through the week, six days a week. They are over there and they're wrapping their arms around people and making sure single mothers find jobs and find housing. They are tutoring kids. They're offering wraparound services all next door. But since the pandemic, because of the giving has gone down and because of hard economic times, that building has suffered. It's leaks. There's, there's wood torn up on the stage. We got to make some repairs we got to paint in fact it's not even in operation right now because it needs some organizing it needs some tender love and care but I haven't had anybody to help because we have confused the price tags and we are more consumers than servants but Jesus says the greatest among you shall be your servant and we have got to get back to the place where we are servant leaders and instead of coming to church asking what the church can do for you you need to come to church and say what can I do for the church I need some help. Somebody said, Pastor needs some help. He needs some help. I need some help this summer to go over and repair this building. I need some help for people to get your brooms and your paintbrushes and your organizing skills. We got to organize the rooms. We need to make this a safe space again where our children can come and be fed on Sunday, but also seven days a week. God has given me a vision that when school starts back in the fall, I want to have breakfast over here for our children who don't have breakfast at home so they don't have to go to school hungry. I want this to be a safe space. I want this to be a safe space where kids, if they're bullied or they're latchkey kids, can actually come over here after school and hang out and be safe and not have to worry about predators and gang members and uncles trying to rape them. Y'all ain't talking to me. I see this as a safe space, but I need some people who can help me create a safe space right here at 6120. Did y'all know that we're right here in the center of Hickory Hill? If you pull out a map, New Direction Christian Church is in the heart of Hickory Hill. 37,000 cars pass by our church every day. This used to be service merchandise, but God has put us in the center of Hickory Hill not to serve merchandise but to serve people one day when it's all over God is going to ask you what did you do to help somebody while you were on the earth and I want to do like Dr. King said when somebody asks you what did Dr. Spencer do don't tell them about my degrees don't tell them Dr. King said that I got a Nobel Peace Prize but if somebody asks you what did Dr. King do somebody say he just tried to help somebody and if I can help somebody on my way to heaven if I can help somebody while I'm here on earth then my living will not be in vain. Can I get seven of y'all to stand up and say, Pastor, you can count on me to help protect our children, to help protect our babies, to help to remove the stumbling blocks. Uh, listen, I need y'all to help me for real. I'm not, this ain't no, I'm not just up here preaching for my health. I literally need a whole bunch of y'all to come and show up for the next seven weeks on a Saturday. You pick the Saturday. You ain't got to come all seven. But I need one Sunday. I need one, one weekend for you to come over and help me clean this building up. Raise your hand if you can come one Saturday uh, for the next seven weeks. I see you. I see you. Let's give God praise for all of the servant leaders in the house. 
I want you after this service to go out there at the table for those online. I need y'all, I need my online people put a link right there in the comment section so people can sign up. Raise your hand again. Miss, Miss Keisha saw you raise your hand and she's bringing cards. Raise your hand again. She's going to bring you a card so you ain't even got to walk to the table. We're going to bring it to you. Raise your hand. Ushers, give them a card. Give them a card. Give them a card. And if you're online, put the QR code up there so somebody can scan that QR code and sign up today. We're going to look at somebody and say, we're going to provide a safe space for our children. Don't put your hand down until you get a card. Amen. Amen. Listen, we got to remove the stumbling blocks. Here's another way you can remove stumbling blocks. Go vote in November. Get every person out of office who do not love our children. I already told you one. She got to go. We got to get somebody in the DA's office who loves black and brown kids and loves black folk and white folk and all folk. We got to vote. I, I'm, I'm getting ready to go. I'm getting ready to go. I, I ain't go. August 4th, Doc, thank you so much. I read some in November. August 4th, you need to go vote. Look at somebody say vote. Y'all sit down for a minute. I'm ready to go. I, I'm ready to go. Ah, Lord. I was watching the news and looking at all these reports about what happened in Texas and it broke my heart. How about you? Hearing story after story, they even arrested one mother who refused to wait on the cowardly officers to go into school and she went in and get her child. And they arrested her for interfering with a criminal investigation because they was too scared to go in there. I saw a story of a young lady who survived, a child who survived. And, and, and they asked her, how did you do it, baby? How did you get out? She said, I tried to go out, but the gunman was in the hallway. So I had to go back in the classroom that he already killed my best friend. She said, my best friend was on the ground dead and blood was all on the ground. She said, I laid next to my best friend. And I took my hand, and I put my hand in her blood. And I put the blood, her blood, on my face. I put her blood on my clothes and on my arms. And I laid beside my best friend and pretended to be dead so that when the gunman came back, he looked at me and kept going because he saw the blood. Can I tell you why you're sitting here today? It's not because you've been good. It's not because you've always done everything that God told you to do, but because of the blood of Jesus that is on your life. And when the enemy came in and tried to kill you, he saw the blood first. I need somebody to help me preach right here. Is there anybody who's covered by the blood of Jesus and the only reason you're here, the only reason your children are here, the only reason you didn't die is because the enemy saw the blood. The blood still has power. The blood still has miracle working power. The blood still cleanses. The blood still heals. The blood still forgives. And you are covered by the blood. Can you touch three people so you're covered by the blood? Can you type in the comment section? I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. When Jesus went to Calvary and hung, bled, and died, he took my sins. He took your sins. And the only way I'm able to be converted, the only way I'm able to change, the only way I'm able to live according to God's kingdom values is that I was covered and washed in the blood of the Lamb. 
I remember, I remember in college, my mama had raised me the best way she knew how, and, and I even went and did everything I was big enough and bad enough to do. But one morning, one Saturday morning, I was reading my Bible, and the Bible says that Jesus Christ died for you. And y'all, I'm not trying to be spooky or anything like that, but God took me up in a vision, and I was at the foot of the cross, and I was standing under the cross and Jesus' blood came streaming down and it fell over my head. And, and as I was in this vision, I felt God change my nature, my character. I no longer wanted to have sex. I no longer wanted to kick it. I no longer wanted to drink. I stopped everything. I was, I was new into my fraternity. I had just come off a road trip, and all of a sudden, God caught up with me. He says, no, I need to convert you. I need to change you over so you can fulfill the purpose and break every generational curse in your family. Somebody needs to understand that the blood of Jesus still has the power to change your character. The blood of Jesus has the power to break generational curses. The blood of Jesus has the power for us to go out and, and actively pursue gun control and gun reform. The, the blood of Jesus has the power to heal our nation of racism. The blood of Jesus has the power to heal our city of poverty. And did you know that Memphis, Tennessee is the number one city of childhood poverty? Let the little children come to me for such is the king. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray right now that the blood of Jesus would fall on this congregation, fall on the people online, fall on our leaders, our politicians, our elected officials. Father God, fall on the DA's office in the name of Jesus, fall on the juvenile court system, fall on the school system, fall on the police force. Father God, I pray the blood of Jesus would change our mindsets, and God, please, Lord, I pray you bind up every demonic spirit that is resting over our politicians to think that our kids are pawns to be played with. Father God, your angels register the faces of your children. And Father God, and they come and make a daily report to you on how we're doing taking care of our children. And so, Father, I pray that the angels that have been assigned to our children would, Father God, continue to bring good reports about how we're doing removing stumbling blocks. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm praying for gun control reform to sweep across this nation. I pray, Father God, the United States will no longer be known as a, as a country that allows massacres of innocent people, but rather God stands up and puts in provision and protection for all people. Black, white, rich, poor. Father, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus over our nation. I plead the blood of Jesus over Memphis. I plead the blood of Jesus over Hickory Hill. I plead the blood of Jesus over New Direction Christian Church and all of the families that are represented here this morning. Father, I pray right now that you would unleash a servant spirit in this house. I pray, Father God, that you would convert our hearts and minds to become servant leaders, to recognize that you've placed us in the center of Hickory Hill on a street where 35,000 cars come by every day. Father God, as a safe space for, for, for young people and children and teenagers, God, I'm praying that now, God, you would raise up some servant leaders in here this morning who recognize and realize I haven't done enough. I haven't answered Jesus' call. He told me to come and volunteer. He told me to come and serve. He told me to come and get in ministry. He told me to get in a connect group, but I only made up excuses, but not today. Today, Lord, we hearken to your voice and we surrender. We surrender our will and our way to yours. Today, God, somebody say today, I commit my life 
I commit my will to what you want for my life. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, today, I want to do a different kind of altar call. Can somebody do me a favor and tell the truth real quick? Has Jesus ever asked you to do something and you act like you didn't hear it? Would you raise your hand? How many of you didn't raise your hand but should have? Raise your hand. How many of you still know that there's some areas in your life that you need to say yes to? To serve God better? Raise your hand. I see you. If you're online, say, I need to serve God better. I'm going to open up the altar just for people who recognize today. The Lord has been telling me to do something in my church, in my community, to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. I could volunteer my time more than I've been doing, and I'm going to do that. I want to serve to make New Direction a safe house for our children and our teens and for everybody. And I do some stuff for the marketplace that I could do in my church and help probably more than I'm helping in the marketplace. And I want to do that. I want to be part of the, the solution in helping to fix that children's building so it's a safe place in the Hickory Hill community. If that's you, if everybody stand up. If that's you today, can I just pray over you so that you can, so you can say yes to God for real today? If you raise your hand and you know that there's more that Jesus Christ wants you to do in this local church, in this community, and you want to do that, can you come? That's all I want to do. I just want to pray over you. I just want to encourage you that, that, that with this step you're getting ready to take, when you take one step toward God, God takes two steps toward you. I just want you to come and line the altar. I want to pray over you this morning because I believe that God is shifting our church. Everybody say shifting. Gone are the days where we come to church and just look cute. Gone are the days when we come to church and just suck up the air, but we don't do anything to change the atmosphere. I believe that all of you are gifted and anointed to do something. Somebody touch yourself and say, I have a gift that God wants to use. You have a talent. You have an anointing. You have a gift. Can y'all imagine what Hickory Hill would look like if everybody beside you were to use their gift? Would you touch somebody beside you on the shoulder and say, please use your gift before you lose your gift? When you die, all of us are going to die. Listen, all of us are going to die one day, right? It's, it's, it's unavoidable. We're going to die. But it's what you do before you die that matters. And only what you do for Christ will last. I'm shifting you today. I'm shifting your nature to a kingdom culture. I'm shifting your desires for the desires of God and not just for your own pleasure. I'm shifting you today. I'm sending out an apostolic shift at this altar today that your priorities might align with the will of God. I'm shifting you today. You can no longer go back home and go to sleep as if you didn't hear God calling your name. I'm shifting you today. You can no longer come to church and just sit and soak up all of this teaching and all this preaching and not do anything with it. I'm shifting you today. 
I'm shifting you today from watching all of everybody else do all the work while you sit back and just, and just look at people working. I'm shifting you today. You are now the army and not the audience. I'm shifting you today. You are not members. You are disciples. There's a difference. Members are entitled. Disciples work. I'm shifting you today. Members come in asking, what are you going to do for me, pastor? Disciples say, pastor, what do you need me to do? I'm shifting you today. Would you look at your neighbor and say, you have just shifted into another dimension. You are servant leaders. Can somebody touch yourself and say, I'm a servant leader. I'm here to help, not here to take. Father, in the name of Jesus, you heard it out of their mouths. Today, God, there's a shift in this house. New Direction Christian Church from this day forward. It's not a place where merchandise is being served, but people are being served. We are the hub of Hickory Hill. We are a service hub. We feed people. We minister to people. We tutor kids. We feed kids. We save marriages. We bless single people. We help single moms. We help men coming out of prison. We help homeless people find housing. We build affordable homes. We transform our community into a safer, more better place for people to live. Father, in the name of Jesus, you have shifted new direction and we will not go back. This is a safe place where people can come be healed. This is a safe place where children can run and hide if they need to. This is a safe place where children will not be interrupted, where they will be allowed space to be children and to grow and to play and to dream and to live without being molested, without being shot, without being hurt. And Father, I put my hands on the shoulder of the person sitting next to me and I speak into their lives that now, Father, there's a shift in their life. They are now serving leaders who are getting ready to use their gifts and their talents, their shape, their spiritual gifts, their heart, their abilities, their personality, and their life experiences to help somebody else. So that when we get to heaven, when we get to heaven, we can hear you say, God, well done. Well done. My good and faithful servant leaders, you've been faithful over a few things. Now come on home. I'll make you ruler over many. Father, in the name of Jesus, we solidify this shift in this house. We speak healing. We speak anointing. We speak the we plead the blood of Jesus over their children, their children's children. No violence, no gunfire, no no drive-by shootings, no gang activity, no rape, no incest can come near their homes in the name of Jesus. And we consider it done. Father, we also pray right now for anybody who has not given their life to Jesus Christ. There's somebody in this audience who has not surrendered their life to Christ and wants to surrender their life to Jesus and join this church and be baptized and become a disciple of Christ. Father, I pray they say yes today. Yes to your will and yes to your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.